Hi, everyone. We've set up this Being an Engineer podcast as an industry knowledge repository, if you will. We hope it'll be a tool where engineers can learn about and connect with other companies, technologies, people, resources, and opportunities. So make some connections and enjoy the show. Here's my advice. If you're still thinking about it after you've had a nap or gone to sleep, like then it's worth bringing up. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Being an Engineer podcast. We decided to do something fun and different today. Instead of having another engineer as our guest, I have invited someone who arguably ends up having to solve even more problems than an engineer, my wife. So uh, Kayla is my wife and she has graciously agreed to share with the world what it's like to be married to an engineer. Hello. Hello, wifey. Hello. How are you? This is kind of weird seeing you. I'm at work and you're in actually my office at mm-hmm. home doing the podcast. It's a little bit surreal after we did about 20 minutes of IT troubleshooting. Finally, here we are in the podcast. And actually, Kayla had a podcast of her own that did how many episodes? Uh, one, sir. <laughs> that is <laughs> the, uh, the microphone at our house. Aaron bought for my podcast that I did one episode and then tried to record a second episode like 10 times. <laughs> I couldn't get too scary. I, well, I couldn't get the microphone to work properly. So you stole it and it's worked just fine for you, of course. Until we did this episode and it took us 20 minutes to get the audio working. So I'm sensing a trend. It might be the monkey, not the hardware. (laughs) Okay. So uh, before we jump into questions about what it's like to be married to an engineer, I I think this will be interesting and useful for both the engineers out there because Kayla can provide some perspective about what it's like being married to an engineer and maybe share some pieces of information that will be useful for us engineers in communicating with our our <laughs> significant others spouses whatever partners and um and perhaps some of you out there will want to share this episode with your wife because she can commiserate with Kayla and uh, the things that she shares we can relate we can, yeah, they can relate for sure. Uh, what are a couple of things about us as a couple that we can share so the audience get to gets to know us just a little bit? Um, we got married super fast. <laughs> I was twenty. We, Aaron was we got 26. married fast. We got engaged even faster. Yeah, that's probably a better way of putting it. I was twenty. Aaron was twenty six. And we met on my sister's birthday, which was July 10th. And we got engaged on August 4th, which is Aaron's birthday. And we which got is ma- about three weeks to do the math for you. Yeah, to do the math. And then we got married December 21st of that same year. So I did the math once, once and it was uh, five months and 11 days from strangers to spouses. Five months and 11 days. Yeah. With a three week, three weeks to engagement. That's pretty impressive. I have not met very many people who can claim uh, a whirlwind romance like that. Yeah. And we've been married for almost 17 years. So it was a little crazy. Is it that long? It'll be 17 in December. Um, Wow. I thought we were on 16. Okay. Last anniversary was 16. Okay. It's just gone by so fast. (laughs) So fast. You've made it such a a delight and a pleasure every day. A joy. Yeah. A joy. But yeah, I mean, it could have gone really bad considering 
we didn't actually know each other when we got married, but Mm -hmm. it's worked out really well. We've been very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When we got married, I thought of you as simply Kayla. Very intelligent, very fun, attractive, funny, but just Kayla. And I think that when you decided to marry me, that it was it was Aaron, of course, but there was also I'm marrying an engineer. Is that <laughs> accurate? Okay. Well, I feel like it's illustrative that um, when I was dating my my family, kind of had trouble keeping. Uh, this reflects badly on me. They had trouble keeping the boys' names straight, like who was who. So everybody got assigned nicknames because it just was easier for them. And uh, Aaron's nickname for my family was Quirky Engineer Dude, or QED, as my my family called him. So the fact that you were an engineer was kind of uh, central to your... <laughs> To your identity as my as my dating partner, at least to my family, <laughs> that was how they defined you. You were yeah. a quirky engineer. Yeah. Okay. And did the fact that I was an engineer sway you in one way or another to getting married? Well, I mean, the earning potential is obviously the most important thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> obviously. My wife is very high maintenance, everyone. Just... Just so you know, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, um, but I was I was two years into college and I was um studying anthropology and it was just kind of starting to occur to me that I wasn't sure what I was gonna do with it or even what I could do with an anthropology degree. And um and I met you and you said you were getting your master's in engineering, and I was like, Wow, that actually is something that like leads to a like a career path and like the ability to support yourself and you know a family and I remember feeling I mean I was 20 so I was like you know an infant but I remember feeling very impressed by that like you had such like a, an adult like path that you were on and I was like looking at petroglyphs in the desert and as part of my classes which is just <laughs> not something that you can turn into a career and so I did I was really impressed by the fact that you were studying engineering and it wasn't just engineering, it was biomedical engineering, which sounds extra impressive. Um, and so I did, I did like that you were an engineer. I thought that was, that was a nice little perk. Okay. It sounds like I had you fooled really well. Thought I was actually going <laughs> to be able to take care of you and do stuff that an adult does. Uh. Yeah. Jokes on me. <laughs> Jokes on you. <laughs> I'm really good at uh, calling people to come fix things at the house and then paying them. Okay. That's... What is it like? <laughs> no. Go okay. Ahead. I'm going to back back you up. You are good at fixing things. And that was actually really important to me because I grew up with a dad who was a, um, con a general contractor for most of my growing up years. He's extremely handy. And it always felt really important to me to have um, a spouse or a partner who could kind of do some of the things that he could do, could fix things, could figure it out, puzzle their way through, you know, home repairs and whatever else. And you do that. Like, you're really good at it. And yes, sometimes you pay people to come fix things at the house. But it's it's not like for lack of knowledge. I think it's more for lack of time. But you've done a lot of really... Like, like when our, the wheel on our barbecue broke, like how long has it been? A decade? 10 years oh, ago? at least. At, at least. least. Yeah. yeah t maybe 12 years ago. You like looked at the remaining wheel and you, you modeled it in CAD and you 3D printed a replacement wheel that is still on the barbecue. 
Amazingly. So, amazingly. <laughs> so like, I feel like you do like it was, it was important to me to have somebody who could, you know, fix things and, and you do, you're great at it. And turns wow. out I am also good at it. So between the two of us, we've been able to tackle, you know, most, most home projects. Yeah. Yeah, Kayla, I will mention, built an entire library all by herself, including the electrical for lighting, which is very cool and something I would not have even attempted to tackle because I don't do electrical. And she just figured it out. Yeah. Again, grew up with a dad who did it. So I feel very comfortable with electrical and, you know, and don't forget my library has a rolling ladder. It's very important. <laughs> Thank you for reminding. <laughs> How could I forget that? Yeah. That's maybe the coolest feature. I did help feature. with the rolling ladder a he little did bit. help with the rolling ladder. And actually that was something that I wanted to bring up was that um, there was our, my rolling ladder, there needed to be some clearance off of the, the standoffs or whatever they're called that, that hold the pole away from the body of the bookcase. And Aaron figured out how to 3D print and then trim down these, these like spacers that would allow the ladder to roll all the way down. So that's yeah. a major perk of being married to an engineer. We, we were even able to do some milling work on that. I brought it into HQ and we chucked it up on the milling machine and, uh, milled some, some precision holes in there. It was. Yeah. So, it worked out pretty well. So impressed. Yeah, and and amazingly, that's still uh, working and on the bookshelf as well. The it's library. it's great. It was a perfect solution. Yeah. So, all you engineers out here uh, listening to this, I, I think you should pick up on some important tidbits here. We've learned that engineers are attractive to women, despite what the world may think, <laughs> because they have some earning potential. <laughs> And uh, they are perceived as adults, even though we all know we're not, but the outside world <laughs> perceives us as adults, which is a big deal. So keep that in mind when you're dating. It's very important, especially when you're dating a 20-year-old. Looking like an adult is like <laughs> Well, now I'm looking bad. I'm looking like a pedophile here. <laughs> no, you're only six years older. You're not that old. Yeah. All right. What's the age? Uh, there was like a, a formula for what's acceptable, uh, acceptable dating age minimum. Half your uh, age plus seven. Half your age plus seven. Is that what it is? Yep. Okay. So I was uh, 26. Mm-hmm. Half my age would be 13 plus seven is 20. So I just barely came in <laughs> under the limit. <laughs> you squeaked <laughs> I told by. the line there, but yeah, just barely. Whew. Well done. Well done. Thank you. All right. Okay, what have you learned about engineering? Um, well, I have learned there are different types of plastic. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I had that written down to talk about. <laughs> How did you find out, Kayla, that there, <laughs> that there are different types of plastic? So, so Aaron does this thing where he often will just like stop and be looking at an item and he just is like pondering deeply while staring at you know a remote or you know a phone case or something silly and it took me i don't know it took me maybe a little bit longer than it should have to realize that he was looking at it trying to figure out how things were manufactured um but one time he was this was this was a long time ago i feel like in my defense but we were on a walk a year or two after we got married maybe yeah yeah and um we're walking along and he's staring at this, I think it was a phone case, just really intently. And I was like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm trying to figure out what this is made of. And I just looked at him like he was stupid. And I was like, it's plastic. 
<laughs> what else could it be, dummy? What else could it be? I was like, you're the engineer. This is really embarrassing for you. <laughs> so I explained that there are more than one kind of plastic. And uh, that has been an inside joke ever since. Yeah, so I know that now. Um, <clears throat> but I... Uh, I do like having engineer-brained people in the house. I mean, we've got Aaron, obviously, and then we have three kids. Our oldest, Wes, is 14. Um, our middle, Jones, is 12. And then we have Emmy, who's seven. And I think all three kids definitely got some of Aaron's engineer brain because I don't contribute anything to that part of our gene pool. But um, it's it's really great to like have a, a problem ahead of me and just be able to hand it over to one of them. Like I was trying to figure out how to assemble something the other day and I couldn't figure it out. And Wes walked in and I was like, figure this out. <laughs> and I walked away and he did, you know, like they're just, they're wired differently and it's, it's super handy. Yeah. Speaking of wiring, we took apart our, our entertainment system at one point to, I don't know, move furniture around or something. And there were all these wires sticking out the back to, that got connected to speakers. And I think you just handed that over to Jones and mm -hmm. no instructions or anything, right? This is just some random set of speakers and wires that he'd never looked at in his life. And he figured it out, got them all plugged in and it, it uh, mostly worked, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven knows I wasn't going to be able to do it, but I figured yeah. he probably could and he did. Um, I mean, the downside of being married to an engineer, I guess, is also having engineering brain children because Jones does like to take things apart and doesn't always know how to put them back together. <laughs> We've got. I think we had to purchase a new uh, doorknob for his room at one point. Yeah, he he took it apart and it could not be reassembled. He also took apart his sister's doorknob, and it's never <laughs> it's never really worked the same after that. <laughs> uh, that's how you learn. Attempts were made, but yeah. yeah, he does now understand how doorknobs are, you know, put together and how they work. And he re he installed that new doorknob when it arrived, and I'm sure he enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what strategies can partners use to communicate more effectively with their engineer's significant others? Well, I came up with a really great tool for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, having to explain emotions and how to be married to a person with like needs and feelings can be hard for engineers. <laughs> like a normal human being. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> a normal non-engineering human being. Yeah. It's, it's rough for you guys to be married to us. So I, uh, at some point I think I just got really frustrated with Aaron's inability to, figure out like my very basic needs. And I, I, I made him a flow chart. <laughs> Your basic needs. And we're, we're referring to like sad, happy, yeah. hungry, tired, yeah. those yeah. kinds of things. Not deep psychological trauma. No, we're talking like very like low level. The bar is on the floor here. We're not, like, it's not like self-actualization that I'm asking for help with. Thank so you, yes, like the, the first, I think the first one was like, um, like if your wife is mad, it's like, has she been fed recently? Like if not feed her and then like reassess and it goes through this whole thing. Like, does she need to be fed? Does she need some time away from the children? Do you need to clean something? Like it's this very, it was really cool. Yeah. And I could literally follow this flow chart and, uh, come up with a solution, you know, yeah. is she hungry? Yes. 
feed her. Okay, done. Have the kids been noisy today? Yes. Okay, take them out and do something with them, and let the wife be at home by herself for an hour. Okay, it was very actionable, and and I was super impressed that you put that together. I still tell people about that. I know it's a great tool for an engineer. It's a great tool, and I've shared it with a few a few people who like are not who are not engineers, um, and they still think like. They're like, this is just for guys. Like, guys need this. So it's probably not just <laughs> an engineer thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. They just need a little bit of help. But, um, yeah, like, I, I think it's helpful to – I mean, I needed a user's manual. Like, Aaron needed a user's manual for me <laughs> as a person, and I put one together. And, and, and this was not, like, two months into our marriage. This was, like, eight years yeah. into our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. It had been a while. <laughs> In a while. It's like, oh. wow, can't believe we've been married this long and he still can't quite figure out that sometimes I just need to be fed dinner. But yeah, here yeah. we are. Yeah. But it does go into like deeper ones. Like I think toward the end, like if you've passed, you know, like the basic needs, like food, some alone time, a nap, you know, clean something, it gets down to like, hey, remember that like my love language is words of affirmation. Like maybe say something nice. And, you know, it does go a little bit deeper than that. But I, I will say that I have improved maybe five to seven percent since I got that. Oh, so absolutely. It's measurable. Yeah. <laughs> measurable improvement. <laughs> measurable improvement. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right. This might be a similar question phrased in a different way. Maybe it will elicit some different answers. What can engineers do to communicate more effectively with their significant others? So just reversing the roles here. You Ooh. gave me this great flow chart. What can I do? What can engineers in general do to communicate effectively with their significant others if they don't have access to such a phenomenal a flow chart? A fancy flow chart. Um, Maybe you could start a consulting business. <laughs> Here's how to how to get your engineer <laughs> spouse, spouse to communicate well with you. <laughs> oh, poor engineers! <laughs> they struggle. Um, I don't. I wish I had a good answer for that. I mean, I think just not waiting until things have you know built up to the point where you feel like you're gonna explode. You know, like. Starting, starting a conversation before things get hard, um, you know, before emotions have gotten too high is really hopeful. Start, you know, it's easier to fix a problem in the, the early stages of dysfunction than it is in the much later stages. So, you know, if you have a need, you need to communicate it early, not late. How much do you think spouses want to hear their husbands? engineering or not, but we'll say specifically within the context of being an engineer, communicate, even if the, 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 the engineer, him or herself, thinks internally, mm, this isn't even helpful to say, or, cause sometimes, like, I'll, I'll want to say something, maybe we, we've had a, an argument about something, and I'll, I'll get in my head and be thinking like, well, I could, I could say this, or I could say that, but, I mean, is that even really gonna help? And I'm not sure if this is even worth talking about. And then 10 minutes later, I'm like, ah, I'm just not gonna say anything at all. But maybe <laughs> I should have, you know? Yeah. Where, where is the line between what you should share and what you shouldn't share? I think communication do you want? I mean, if you're in the middle of a conversation, then, you know, further the conversation. If you have a thought in your head that needs to come out, like share it. But, you know, if it's something 
that like just bugs you in the moment and you're like, I could bring this up. I don't know if it's going to be helpful. Like if you're still thinking about it a couple hours later, or here, here's my advice. If you're still thinking about it after you've had a nap or gone to sleep, like Ooh. then it's worth bringing up. Like I have a rule for myself that I can't make any life decisions when I'm tired. Like nothing. I can't make any decisions after 7 PM. I can't. Yeah, it's just not a good time for me to bring something up with you or decide to quit something or start something. Like, it's just, that's not when I'm in my clearest headspace. So, like, sleep on it, you know, eat something, <laughs> go through the flow chart. And then, you know, if it feels like it's still kind of niggling at the back of your mind, then yeah, it's worth it to bring it up. Okay. All right. What else do you think the listeners need to hear about being married to an engineer? Let's see. They're not that complicated. They need food and water, a little bit of sunshine. They need to be put to bed early. <laughs> they're like a toddler. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, I don't know. I know some engineers that like to stay up very late. I know. I don't understand that. That is not our dynamic. We are early to bed no. people. We really value our sleep. 9.30. We're out. We're out. But... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, every engineer is different, just like every person is different. But I do, uh, I do think that it's interesting. You know, engineering brains just think differently than than my brain, which is very much not an engineering brain. And so, you know, being married to you and learning how your brain works versus my brain has been, you know, we're seventeen years in and we're still learning. So, it just takes time. Can you think of any specific examples, any stories that you can tell about when you had an experience that made you think, oh, yeah, he really does think differently, like on a fundamental level, not necessarily good or bad, but the way that his engineering brain works is fundamentally different than a non-engineering brain? I'm struggling to come up with something specific, but I do think when it comes to making big purchases, like our, you know, we've owned like, what is it? Three homes now, um, cars, like there's, you, you tend to come at it way more logically than I do. I'm just like, that's pretty, let's do it. And <laughs> <laughs> high maintenance, here we go. <laughs> I'm not, but, um, yeah, like that's something that you bring to the table is that you tend to think about it logically and you think through pros and cons and um you research things way more than I do. Like, you know, if you wanted to get a new truck, for example, you would, you know, do a whole bunch of research and you'd watch a bunch of videos and you would, you know, you'd read all the reviews and I would just be like, my friend has this car and she likes it. So I think that's what I'm going to get. Like, that's the extent of <laughs> my thought process sometimes, because for me, like a positive rate, you know, a positive review from somebody I know and trust is good enough. And for you, it's, it's not like you really need to dig in. And, and I appreciate that about you. I think that's a really good thing that you bring to our relationship that balances out my, my, I don't know, my lack of interest in doing that kind of research. <laughs> How about, uh, I don't know if this is specific to me or to being an engineer. I have a feeling that a little bit of both maybe, but I do have kind of an obsessive nature yeah. sometimes with certain things. Um, do you think that is attributable to the engineering brain and uh, have there been different tools that you've used to kind of deal with that? Because I know it can get obnoxious and it's not your favorite thing. 
Um, it's more that I just have cultivated my own interests. Like I know that there are some couples that just like to do everything together and we're not like that. We have our own interests. We have our things that we like so that if you decide you want to go down a rabbit hole, that's fine. Like I'm going to go read a book or take on a house project or, you know, it's, it's fine. You know, you can enjoy those things that that ignite your brain. You know, Jones is like this. He just, he finds things that he likes and he just gets really into it. And I think he gets that from you. And I think it's great. You know, it's how, it's how you learn and, you know, it's how you have built up your company the way that you have. And I, I think it's something that I can just let it, let it go and (laughs) let you do your thing while I go do mine. And then, you know, we can reconnect when you're ready to you know, pop your head out of your rabbit hole. That's wonderful. So what I'm hearing here is next time I really want that very specific crockpot chicken dinner (laughs) three days in a row, you'll be like, yeah, no problem. Great plan. Let's do it. That is not at all what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I had to try. All right. Um, There was something else. Oh, I was going to remark that um this this idea of uh you and I we we do in both enjoy our own alone time right we we don't necessarily like to do everything together we like doing some things together but we also like doing some things just by ourselves mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i think that um uh what what's what's the word i'm i'm having a brain lapse here um like introvert versus extrovert. Thank you. Yes, introvert, <laughs> extrovert. Yeah, yeah. We're we're both introverts. I think a lot of engineers are probably introverts as well. Mm-hmm. If if you were super extroverted, and I still being fairly introverted, how well would we get along? Do you think? Total hypothetical situation. Um, I think we would. Honestly, I think we would function the same way. We already do. I would just like my, when I say my own things, it would be less reading and more like maybe going, I don't know, going and doing something with a friend or, you know, something more outgoing. But I think that our dynamic would still be the same, but it works in our favor because neither of us ever want to go places. So instead we (laughs) stay home. It's perfect. (laughs) Stay home, get DoorDash, watch Netflix or read a book for you. Yes. The the perfect evening. Yeah, we are homebodies. That's for we, sure. We're homebodies. We just we like our own space. We like our time at home, and we like our creature comforts, which is great. Great. All right. Well, I don't have anything else unless there are any final thoughts that you would like to share. Um, why did you want to be married to a non-engineer? See, it never even crossed my mind the like the non-engineer aspect of that. It was not a thought I ever had. It's not like I thought to myself, <laughs> I really want to marry Kayla, the anthropologist. It was just Kayla. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> uh, you know, here, here's a quick thought. I remember the um, when I realized that I did want to marry you, the, the trigger for that was I started measuring time in I can see Kayla in three hours or – I can Aww. see Kayla in two hours. And and I that's probably an engineering thing there too, because I was measuring something. Right? <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's yeah. very sweet though. Well, I'm a sweet person. You are a sweet person. Those engineers, they're a sweet bunch. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. 
No, we're stoic, <laughs> logical Just, thinkers, no emotion. Nope, none at all. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we can end things there. Thanks, wifey. You're welcome. I love you. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Aaron Moncur, founder of Pipeline Design and Engineering. If you liked what you heard today, please share the episode. To learn how your team can leverage our team's expertise developing turnkey equipment, custom fixtures, and automated machines, and with product design, visit us at teampipeline.us. Thanks for listening. <laughs>